Friends, grace and peace in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you all. And welcome to worship with Morrisville Presbyterian Church. It is a joy to worship with all of you this day, whether you are a longtime member or a first-time visitor. I want to let you know that next Sunday on August 9th, we will be holding a congregational meeting via Zoom. We hope you will gather with us as we seek to nominate new elders, deacons, and trustees. We will gather together at 11.30 a.m. next Sunday, August 9th, via Zoom, and you will find more information by email and also by a letter in the mail. We hope you will join us. Friends, this Sunday is our last stop on our journey through the Babylonian exile. Through this journey, we have witnessed God's people being far away from home. We've also witnessed the ways that God has been present and shaped and molded God's people, even in that challenging time. So as we approach and venture into the Babylonian exile one more time, let us prepare ourselves and worship God together. Please turn to your home worship bulletin and join me in our responsive call to worship. As the new heavens and the new earth remain before the Lord, so shall the descendants and name of Israel remain. From new moon to new moon, from Sabbath to Sabbath, all flesh shall come to worship before the Lord. All these things my hand has made says the Lord, yet we are your beloved, whom you look upon. To our God we give thanks and praise. 
Let us worship God together. My friends, the grace of God overflows for us through Christ Jesus, who came into the world to save sinners. And so trusting in God's grace, let us confess our sin before God. Please join me in your home worship bulletin as we confess our sins together using our prayer of confession. Let us pray. Wondrous God, who set suns and moons above us, mountains and valleys beneath us, friends and strangers among us, we confess that we have been unfaithful to our covenant with you and with one another. We have worshipped other gods, money, power, greed, and convenience. We have served our own self-interest instead of serving only you and your people. We have not loved our neighbor as you have commanded, nor have we rightly loved ourselves. God of everlasting love, forgive us. With your unending grace, bring us back into the fullness of our covenant with you and with one another. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord. People of God, hear the good news. The Lord is faithful in all God's words and deeds. The Lord upholds all who are falling and raises up all who are bowed down. In the name of Jesus Christ, you are forgiven. Thanks be to God. Alleluia. Amen. Oh, hello there, young friends. It's great to see you, and I'm really glad you're here, because I was just about to eat some lunch, but you helped me remember that I should pray before I eat. And I really miss praying with you guys. It was one of my favorite things to do when we would gather at church for worship or for Sunday school, and we would pray together. But we don't necessarily need to be at church or at Sunday school in order to pray. You can pray anywhere. And especially you can pray in your homes. Elizabeth and I, every time we eat, we say a prayer before our meal. And that's something that we all can do. So before I eat my lunch, can I share with you a prayer that Elizabeth and I use before our dinners? Is that, is that okay? All right, great. Let's pray together. Thank you, God, for happy hearts for rain and sunny weather. Thank you, God, for this good food and that we are together. Amen. Thanks for praying with me. And I think you can share this prayer with your family and you guys can pray together at your meals. And then when we all get back together, we can share the, the prayers that we do together. So looking forward to when we're back together, but I know that God is with us even when we're afar. All right, take care. My friends, as we prepare to turn to God's word, 
Let us prepare our hearts first in a time of prayer. Let us pray. Spirit of the living God, fall afresh on us. Spirit of the living God, fall afresh on us. Melt us, mold us, fill us and use us. Spirit of the living God, fall afresh on us. Amen. My friends, our scripture reading this morning comes from the book of Isaiah, chapter 66, verses 1 through 2 and 18 through 23. Together, let us listen for the word of God. Thus says the Lord, heaven is my throne and the earth is my footstool. What is the house that you would build for me and what is my resting place? All these things my hand has made, and so all these things are mine, says the Lord. But this is the one to whom I will look, to the humble and contrite in spirit who trembles at my word. For I know their works and their thoughts, and I am coming together all nations and tongues, and they shall come and shall see my glory, and I will set a sign among them. From them I will send survivors to the nations, to Tarshish, Put, and Lud, which draw the bow to Tubal and Javan, to the coastlands far away that have not heard of my fame or seen my glory and they shall declare my glory among the nations. They shall bring all your kindred from all the nations as an offering to the Lord on horses and in chariots and in litters and on mules and on dromedaries on my holy mountain Israel, says the Lord, just as the Israelites bring a grain offering in a clean vessel to the house of the Lord. And I will also take some of them as priests and as Levites, says the Lord. For as the new heavens and the new earth which I will make shall remain before me, says the Lord, so shall your descendants and your name remain. From new moon to new moon and from Sabbath to Sabbath, all flesh shall come to worship before me, says the Lord. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. I am afraid of spiders. And you know who is not helping me in my fear of spiders? The movie industry. I feel like every time I go to a new movie, for some reason, spiders have been inserted into the plot when they do not need to be there. If I go see an action or an adventure movie, these hairy-legged creatures with their poisonous fangs are for some reason an obstacle for the main character to get over. Even in fantasy films like Harry Potter or Lord of the Rings, they supersize the spiders to be like Godzilla in their strength and size. And these movies do not help me when I'm sitting on my porch 
and I look out of the corner of my eye to see something dangling on a web. And in those moments, I think I do a pretty good job of resisting the urge to rush inside and get a broom, or to rush inside and to get Elizabeth to kill the spider. But what I can't seem to shake is that shiver that runs through my spine when I see a spider. It is a fear that is irrational, but physical. Our text for today addresses the rationality and physical nature of fear. It is fitting that our last Sunday in our sermon series on the Babylonian exile ends with the last chapter in the book of Isaiah. Throughout this sermon series, we have learned the history of Israel before the fall of Jerusalem and discerned what it means to be a people of God in exile. We have heard the voices of those in the wilderness and witnessed the brokenness around us. We have watched King Cyrus of Persia come onto the scene and allow the Israelites to return home and start to rebuild the temple in ways that bring forth both joy and grief. And in our text for this morning, we fast forward a couple hundred years and get a glimpse of what that re-entry was like for the people in Judah as they came back home to Jerusalem. In many ways, things went back to normal. Judean aristocracy rose through the ranks and reacquired status and wealth. Jerusalem was stuck between geopolitical powers like Persia and Egypt. Priests and religious leaders fought for influence while discerning the will of God. And the rest of the Judean people navigated the not-so-joyous ups and sometimes brutal downs of life after exile in Jerusalem. But something was different, and some people changed. Through the prophet in our text for today, God says in verse 2, This is the one to whom I will look, to the humble and contrite in spirit, who trembles at my word. These people that God is looking to, the humble and contrite in spirit, these people who are trembling with fear, are similar and also different from me in my fear of spiders. First, my fear of spiders is irrational. I could squash a spider if I would like to. A spider provides no real harm to me. But on the other hand, the fear of those who are trembling in our text Theirs was rational. Their life was in danger. If the crop failed, if they couldn't pay the taxes, if Persia or Egypt decided to invade, their life was in harm. Also, they have heard God's word. They've seen the corruption, greed, and injustice in their city, and they know their people have not lived up to God's goodness, love, and peace. But where our fear is somewhat different, where our fear is somewhat similar, is that fear is physical. When I see a spider, chills run down my spine. When the people in our text today worry about their life or witness the lack of love for a neighbor in their city, 
They shiver. They tremble. When thinking about this physical nature of fear, I was reminded of a comedic skit I saw recently. I was watching comedian and social commentator Hassan Minhaj discuss the strain of living in our time and history. He asked the audience, do you guys do the same thing I do in the morning? I wake up and I reach over to my phone instead of looking over to my wife. And I'm just like, let me find out what is wrong in the world. Let me see what is broken. And for you, it might not be what Hassan Minhaj is describing specifically as he's going to his phone in the morning, but it might be watching or reading the news with the anticipation that you need to find the bad news of the day. Or it could be going on social media seeking the doomsday material that other people are sharing. Or feeling like you have to constantly talk about the next problem or unknown to navigate at work, school, or even with your family and friends. There is a gravitational pull that forces us towards the fear of the future. It can lead to a loop of despair that manifests itself in overworking, constant headaches, back pain, or anxiety or depression that we feel physically. And we have already been through too much. The present is, has not brought forth the change we thought it would. And it's too hard to look into the future and find some sense of hope or faith for what is to come. Our temples throb, our backs ache, our souls shiver, and in some sense of the word, we tremble. And it is in those moments that we can remember that God looks upon us. This is the one to whom I will look, to the humble and contrite in spirit, who tremble at my word. Later on in our text, we get a glimpse of what God's gaze looks like. God says through the prophet in verse 19, I will send survivors to the nations, to Tarshish, Put, and Lud, which draw the bow, to Tabal and Javan, to the coastlands far away that have not heard of my fame or seen my glory. Now, you might be wondering, where is Tarshish put in Lud and these other places God is speaking of? To you and me, these places seem pointless because they have, we have no idea where they are. But to the tremblers, the people who would have heard this from the, pop, the prophet, they would understand and know what God was saying. I will go to the far reaches of the earth to bring you home. I am willing to use strangers or even your enemies to bring you back to my abundant presence. It is as if God would say to us, I will go all the way to Pluto or the far reaches of the galaxy to make sure you are not alone. You who tremble, you who are afraid, 
you who may have lost hope or faith, I will look upon you. I will comfort you. Friends, God does not dismiss the challenges that we face or the fear that we feel, but instead looks upon us, searches for us, and comforts us knowing the challenging realities we have before us. And in that constant love, in that steady presence, in that comfort, we find the strength to persevere through our days and the faith and hope to look ahead. Greg Boyle is a priest and author in Los Angeles, California, where he runs a nonprofit organization called Homeboy Industries that rehabilitates youth gang members in his parish. In his book, Tattoos on the Heart, Greg Boyle recounts a story about a young man named Chewy, who Greg Boyle describes by saying, for a long time, Chewy had been a big, bad gang member and drug dealer. And Chewy even remarks about himself to Boyle, saying, for a long time, I had disguised myself as that guy. Chewy participated in the rehabilitation program and graduated on to a full-time job, having been a source of light and liberation for those at Homeboy Industries. And on a separate occasion, when Greg Boyle was driving Chewy home after Greg helped him buy a refrigerator, Chewy said that he had been having one-on-ones with God. I don't understand it, Chewy said, as he turns and looks to Greg. The dude shows up. Greg finds this charming and starts to laugh, but then he realizes that Chewy is very serious. I mean, why would God do that? Chewy asks with tears in his eyes. After all I've done, why would God show up for me. Greg later answers Chewy and all people that ask this question of why God shows up when we do not feel the fullness of God's love and comfort in our lives. Greg Boyle writes, The path is cleared, and God's own tenderness is locating us. We never stop looking until we realize that we have already been found. Friends, our God is a God who loves. No matter what obstacle is before us or how much we get pulled into the physical fear of our environment, God's gaze is upon us, pulling us back to see that God has been there in our midst, there to comfort us all along. In a time of exile, I am not sure what this next week will bring, or this next month, or this next year. But I know that the God of Israel, the God of the heavens and the earth, the God of the planets, the universe, and the stars, has sought you and has found you. Know that comfort so that you may persevere through your days and look with hope and faith for days ahead. Let it be so. Amen. Please turn to your home worship bulletin and join me as we affirm our faith through the words from A Brief Statement of Faith.
Together, let us state what we believe. We trust in God, whom Jesus called Abba, Father. In sovereign love, God created the world good and makes everyone equally in God's image of every race and people to live as one community. But we rebel against God. We hide from our creator. Yet God acts with justice and mercy to redeem creation. In everlasting love, the God of Abraham and Sarah chose a covenant people to bless all families of the earth. Hearing their cry, God delivered the children of Israel from the house of bondage. Loving us still, God makes us heirs with Christ of the covenant. Like a mother who will not forsake her nursing child, like a father who runs to welcome the prodigal home, God is faithful still. In gratitude to God, empowered by the Spirit, we strive to serve Christ in our daily tasks and to live holy and joyful lives, even as we watch for God's new heaven and new earth, praying, come, Lord Jesus. Friends, as we seek to recognize God's abundant presence and comfort among us, let us prepare our hearts and minds in prayer. At this time, I invite you to join us in our home worship bulletin as we pause for prayer. We invite you to take out a piece of paper or turn to the people you are worshiping with and answer at least one of the following questions as we prepare to turn to God in prayer. The questions are, what are you most worried about as you look into the future? When was the last time you felt comfort and what did it look like? How could you be a source of comfort to someone else in this season of uncertainty? We're going to encourage you to pause the video and sit with these questions for a few minutes. When you're done sharing or writing, you can gather together again as we all collectively share a moment of prayer. Parts of today's prayer have been adapted from Dr. Kate Bowler. Together, let us turn to God in prayer. Let us pray. Holy and merciful God, we come before you exhausted by the weight of the world around us. We are scared. We are anxious. We are angry, we are frustrated, we are tired. We yearn for life as we once knew it. Hugs exchanged, meals shared, worship together. Masks a distant memory. We yearn for a world where every person is loved as you love them and where violence and division are no more. Overflowing love peace that abounds, justice like waters, righteousness like an ever-flowing stream. 
We have hopes to return from exile back to one another, O oh God, and yet hope feels like a half-remembered dream behind a closed door. And we find ourselves instead sitting alone with grief and loss and loneliness. And yet, O oh God, we know you to be a God who will go beyond all bounds to comfort us and to be with us. We know you to be a God who can restore sight to the blind and set the captive free and soften even the hardest of hearts to your redeeming love. And so comforting God, ever-present God, bring us out from the confines of despair to where hope lives. Remind us that weeping may endure for a night, but joy comes in the morning. Allow our eyes to see the small sealed space where despair has us isolated and cry out to you, God, help me. I can't break out of this. We can't break out of this alone. So please, please, oh God, break in. Break into our despair and our grief and our loneliness, O oh God. Cut through the walls of this hard prison and flood it with the light of your presence. Grant us grace to pray as naturally as breathing. To release to you all that we know and think and feel and inhale deeply the lifeblood of your goodness and your strength. Blessed are the moments when we realize that suddenly, already, you are right here saying, peace be with you. Breathing life and hope and truth, filling everything until the walls are dissolved and we are free to move in faith again. You were there all along. And so as sure as day follows night, empower us to let hope return. Strengthen us by your mighty and comforting hand and hear us as we join our voices as one, praying the prayer that you taught your disciples, saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Friends, our God is a God who loves. A God who seeks us out and has already found us. So let us know that love and comfort of God as we seek to go through our days and have faith to look forward into the future. And as we go, my friends, may the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you, be with those you love, be with those you are called to love this day and forevermore. And together, God's people said, Amen. <laughs>